Chapter Three of Tracked by a Tattoo by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Three: The Result of the Crime. A week after his discovery of the identity of the dead man, Fanks, having slipped his detective skin for the time being, was seated in the writing room of the Athenian Club with the morning planet newspaper on his knee he was not reading it however but was looking absently at a long and lean young man who was writing letters at a near table francis garth of the middle temple barrister and journalist was one of the few west end men who knew the real profession of rixton alias fanks in fact there was very little he did not know and fanks as it will be convenient to call the detective was debating as to whether he should question him about the Tulialli crime. He was urged to this course by the remembrance that he had seen Garth at the inquest. This had been held on the previous day. The jury had brought in a verdict of willful murder against some person or persons unknown, and the conduct of the case had been placed officially in the hands of Fanks. So far all was shipshape but now the detective found himself at a standstill no evidence had been brought forward implicating either mrs boazoff or dr renshaw and doubtful as was fanks as to their honesty he could gain no clue from the one or the other of them likely to elucidate the mystery failing this he had determined to learn if possible all about the previous life of the deceased and in this way discover if anyone was likely to be a gainer by his death garth who had known the late sir gregory intimately who had been present at the inquest was the most likely person to furnish these details and fanks was waiting for an opportunity of addressing him on the result of the projected conversation would depend his future movements i say garth said fanks how much longer will your correspondence take i shall be at your service in ten minutes replied garth without desisting from his occupation what do you wish to talk about about the death of your friend sir gregory fellinger garth looked up and turned round with alacrity is the case in your hands fanks yes and i want some information from you i shall be happy to give it but wait for a few minutes i am just writing about it to a friend of mine and yours hm. and the name ted hersham the journalist they looked at one another the same thought occupying both their minds has your reason for writing anything to do with the left arm of our friend asked fanks after a pause garth nodded and returned to his work when he had sealed directed and stamped the letter fanks spoke again garth he said i say garth yes what's the matter don't send that letter till after our conversation ah you guess why i am writing to him my remark of a few moments ago ought to have shown you that said fanks dryly yes i guess your object and i want you to leave the case in my hands it is too difficult a one for you to manage alone i know that it is difficult fanks but i wish to solve this mystery because fellinger was your friend asked fanks because fellinger was my cousin replied garth the announcement took fanks by surprise as he had not known of the relationship 
he was aware that fellinger and garth had been close friends but he knew little of the former save as a club acquaintance and the latter was very reticent about his private affairs although he was curious concerning the affairs of others so you wish to revenge the death of your cousin he remarked after a thoughtful moment garth shrugged his shoulders hardly that he replied between you and me i did not care over much for fellinger he was a bad lot and we only held together because of our relationship but i should like to find out what took him to tooley's alley and who killed him a laudable curiosity do you suspect anybody not a soul i am as much in the dark as you are i may not be so much in the dark as you think said the other then why did you ask me to assist you retorted garth sharply see here franks i will tell you all that i know if you will promise to keep me posted up concerning the progress of the case franks twisted his ring and reflected i agree he said briefly but you must not meddle unless i tell you to do so agreed and the pair shook hands on the bargain and now franks said grimly that letter if you please after a moment's hesitation garth handed it over he had a great respect for the mental capacity of his friend and on the whole he judged it advisable to carry out the agreement which had been concluded though i should send that letter if i were you he expostulated hersham was i know what hersham was interrupted fanks but i want him to see me not you wait till we know how we stand at the present moment come into the smoking-room and answer my questions what a peremptory chap you are grumbled garth as they left the room evidently you don't confide in my discretion i'm about to do so said fanks who understood the art of conciliation we will work together and all that i know you shall know but you must let me manage things in my own way in his heart garth was flattered that fanks should have chosen him as his coadjutor and dominated by the stronger will of the detective he quietly took up the position of an underling garth was self-willed and not usually amenable to reason but fanks had the law at his back without which garth could not hope to do anything hence his acquiescence come now old fellow said fanks amiably we have a hard task before us so you must make it easier by answering my questions go on said garth lighting a cigar i always give in to a man who has had more experience than myself fanks laughed at this delicate way of adjusting the situation but as he wished to keep on good terms with the touchy lawyer he let the remark pass in silence when they were fairly settled he saw that they had the smoking-room to themselves he took out his pocket-book and began his examination as to the past of the dead man the fellingers are a hampshire family i believe yes replied garth with a nod sir gregory was the fourth baronet and only son the family seat is mere hall near bournemouth you are sir gregory's cousin i am on the mother's side who is the present baronet yourself or somebody else somebody else said garth with a sigh i should have told you if i had been his heir i wonder at so clever a man as you asking so very frivolous a question i have my reasons said fanks calmly well and who is the heir my cousin lewis fellinger 
he is twenty-five years of age and as great a prig as ever lived where does he reside now i believe that he has gone to mere hall to take possession of the property but he did live at taxton on thames a village near weybridge do you know sir lewis intimately no i have only seen him once or twice he is a bookish scientific man and an invalid at least corrected garth he has always a doctor living with him a tall fat brute called binjoy who twists him round his finger he has been with him for years a tall fat brute repeated fanks smiling at this amiable description has the gentleman in question a long brown beard no he is clean-shaven a pompous creature fond of using long words and proud of his voice and oratorial powers something like conversation kenge in bleak house hm said fanks rather struck by the description which was not unlike that of renshaw we will discuss dr binjoy later on in the meantime just enlighten me as to your precise relationship with the present baronet it's easily understood gregory's father sir francis after whom i was named had a brother and sister she married my respected father richard garth and i am the sole offspring and the brother was the father of the present sir lewis exactly there is a great deal of similarity between all three cases gregory was an only child and his parents are dead lewis is an only child and his parents have also gone the way of all flesh i am an only child and i am likewise an orphan thanks made a note of the family tree in his book so far so good he said with a nod sir gregory is dead and sir lewis has succeeded him if lewis dies without issue you are the heir and failing you the property goes to the crown replied garth lewis and i are the sole representatives of the fellingers the race has dwindled considerably now what about your dead cousin he was a trifle rapid i believe a regular bad lot but i kept in with him because well because he was useful to me understand perfectly replied fanks who knew of garth's financial difficulties we will pass that have you any idea what took him to tooley's alley not the slightest i saw him two days before his death on the nineteenth and he said nothing about going there then did he behave as usual towards you no he was out of sorts he had lost a lot of money at cards i believe and he was crabbed in consequence there was no other trouble no financial difficulty not that i know of fast as he was he could not get through ten thousand a year before the age of twenty-eight i have known men who have done so said fanks dryly however if it was not a question of money what about the inevitable woman i don't think that it was that either demurred garth it was a man he met a negro not a woman true well you were at the inquest how do you know asked garth starting i saw you there in the crowd you see everything thanks that is my business to see everything garth it is because you were at the inquest that i sought you out to-day now that you have explained to me your relationship to sir gregory i understand why you were present but to return to the main point you heard the theory of dr renshaw yes replied garth reflectively there might be something in that secret society business 
not mind you that gregory was the man to meddle with rubbish of that kind he was much too much of a fool but one never knows a man does not have a cross tattooed on his arm for nothing do you think that it is the mark of a revolutionary society i can't say i should like to know that is why i was writing to hersham of course you know that he i know that he has a cross tattooed on his arm also and it is for that reason that i reject your secret society business it isn't mine i am merely following the lead of renshaw then you are following a will-o'-the-wisp retorted fanks see here garth i have known hersham for a long time he is the son of a clergyman in the isle of wight he was brought up to the law like yourself and also like yourself he left it for journalism as you know he is a merry open-minded creature who could not conceal a secret if his life depended upon it do you think that if he had been mixed up with secret societies that he would have been able to conceal the fact from me why is there a cross tattooed on his left arm asked garth i intend to see him and find out i noticed it long ago but made no remark on it thinking that it was the result of some schoolboy freak now it has assumed a new importance in my eyes therefore you must let me interview hersham and choose my own time and place for doing so i suppose you are right tear up that letter please fanks held out the letter tear it up yourself he said this garth did without further remark and looked at his friend what do you intend to do now he asked continue this conversation for a few minutes longer you were intimate with the dead man garth did you ever notice his cross i did not said garth promptly or i should have asked what it meant by jove he added with a start then all that obliteration business must be nonsense of course assented fanks smoothly i came to that conclusion long ago fellinger had no cross on his arm when he entered tooley's alley it was tattooed that night by the negro i found a few grains of gunpowder on the tablecloth of the room in which they were together gunpowder is used in tattooing again the arm when renshaw showed it to me was raw as though the operation had been done lately but why should gregory go to tooley's alley to be tattooed tell me that and the mystery of his death is at an end said fanks significantly but i am certain that fellinger voluntarily let this negro tattoo his arm and so came by his death came by his death echoed garth in astonishment what do you mean why answered fanks seriously i mean that the needle used for the tattooing was poisoned and so he shrugged his shoulders the man died end of chapter three read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california